This episode is brought to you by Live in Veritas. A brand, a mission, a movement. This is Among the Artists, a conversation among artists where we talk about what inspires us, what drives us, and our process in taking our vision from thought to reality. We'll also be discussing our observations and commentary on current events, pop culture, and much more. Today, I get a chance to sit down with Antonio Meta, photographer and mixed media artist. Oh my God, look at the hair. You look great, girl. How are you doing? First of all, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Antonio, one name. I don't use a last name for my art. Like Madonna. Like Madonna, like Beyonce. Aaliyah. Aaliyah, Brittany. Yeah, I only use one name just because uh, when I was starting out with the photography, uh, I didn't want to be associated with my acting, so I took my last name out. <laughs> okay. uh, it's like a 180 where like, I didn't want to be associated. I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I didn't want to be recognized. I didn't want to be like known for who like this persona is. I wanted to like my work to speak for myself. I really do enjoy that. It takes away a lot of pressure. I can understand that because it's, it's definitely a different type of medium. Yeah. I mean, I think that you can understand, like, it's a completely different, like, one is being, like, in front of the camera and the other being behind it. Like, I don't, I don't like them colliding. It's a different type of freedom, I think, um, and independence, because you can kind of steer and dictate what it is you're working on. Whereas as an actor, you spend a lot of time, unless you're creating your own work, you spend a lot of time trying to cater to your type and what people think you are and you know what they think you can accomplish and then you kind of have to play that game for x amount of time before you can then try to deviate so i get it yeah it's exactly that what are you working on now i because i know you told me that you've deviated not deviated but you've expanded Yes, I would say deviated and I would say expanded. I would say yes. What am I working on? It's a great question. I think that I, I think I'm working on not being so body forward. I think that there's a lot of photographers, there's a lot of creative people out there. There's a lot of people who say they're creative people, but they take a lot of uh, pictures of beautiful people and they get the recognition by taking pictures of beautiful people. Okay. Uh, I think that in a way it bugs me because I'm, I, I personally don't know if I'm being liked for my work or if I'm being liked because of the person I photographed. So I think that I'm deviating or taking, uh, maybe I'm doing another three, 180 on, you know, on this. <laughs> uh, I think that I would love my creative part of my expression to come out more versus having a beautiful person in front of my lens or in front of like what I put out there in the world and be liked because of the beautiful person versus the creativity behind it. But I feel like with your work, um, you're not just photographing, you know, quote unquote, beautiful people. 
like there's definitely a specific style to your work and um for example like the main photo on your website there's not even a face right um, oh yeah it's isaiah it's isaiah's back it's he's an amazing person he's an amazing just uh, yeah i love that picture <laughs> i think i was also like uh not wanting to update my website because i just i feel like i'm gonna have to remove that picture it feels very michelangelo-esque I love that you said that. I, I do. Uh, most of the people that I, influ I get in my influences from are classical painters, like, are like these, uh, Caravaggio is one of them. I love his chiaroscuro. I think that that's where I get my biggest influence. And I love that no one's doing that anymore. I love that it's, there's a mystery behind it. I think that I think that that's how I started. And I think that that's one thing I want to hold on to is the mystery behind the photo. Well, I also love that you still, you shoot on film, which I think yeah. people don't really do anymore. I mean, because it's cost prohibitive, but also it's so much easier just to shoot on digital and, you know, upload it to your computer and play around with it in Photoshop or whatever it is. Yeah. Are you <laughs> It's funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of people who I photograph and I'm like, oh, I only shoot film. They think that I'm shooting film like video film. <laughs> <laughs> really? And, yeah. They're like, I'm like, hey, I only, I only do film, just FYI. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I love film. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. But once they get, once they get on set, they're like, oh, I, you mean like old school <laughs> they can't see it like instantly and then you know decide if they like what it like what you're doing or how they yeah look. yeah and that's also something that i discovered that a lot of uh models or people i, I wouldn't say models i think that models are used very loosely sometimes a lot of the subjects a lot of the subjects a lot of the people who allow me to photograph them who I would say don't necessarily dedicate themselves to be models, but are like I am able to use them as the model for my subject. I guess you can say, oh, I guess you can, I guess yeah, I should call them models. Who, am I, who the fuck am I to not call them models, right? <laughs> uh, I feel like they're so used to like uh, digital that when I take a shot, it's it's literally like click and like re re refocus. And then it's like, they're used to, I think that they're used to like going like, dun, 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 dun. Let me see what works. Like take 500 pictures and from those 500 pictures, we will get one. They're like voguing. Yeah, yeah, they're voguing. So it's funny because I take one picture and then they're like, okay, so what do I do next? Girl. <laughs> I don't know, reset. <laughs> You're the model. <laughs> My job is to focus on composition, lighting, and like overall creative, I like direction, creative direction. Your job is just give me something. <laughs> okay, so, so I think that, yeah. So basically I set up, uh, it depends on like the thing, like with the uh, recent stuff I'm doing with like the damaged film, I really don't give a lot of um, direction because it's gonna be damaged film. So it's gonna be like, uh, nothing's probably going to be unfocused. You won't see anything. So the direction I have for me has nothing to do with it. I allow the model to do whatever they want. Um, some models have chosen to like just like do a lot of back and ethereal poses, and then 
to me it doesn't matter. But when I was shoot when I was shooting like when I shot the one with Isaiah, uh, where it was like a, a it was a huge production, I mean, huge production in my in my book, you know, in my in my wallet. Uh, where like I had to rent like a specific backdrop, I had to go and find sand, I had to get lighting, I had to get like all these things and like stagger the time of the models. If so, it was a big correction for me. I did give a lot more direction because I was looking for specific feel and look and like I would say aesthetic of classical art and classical paintings and like a little more Renaissance or Baroque or Rococo. A little more of that versus now I just need like I literally just need a body <laughs> I just need a body and then I need uh, I, I, I need them to know that they will probably not have one good shot of them as in like a typical model type shot. yeah as in like which is which is a struggle yeah I think that you know that a lot of models or a lot of people who voluntarily give their time and like do think or feel like they'll get one shot that they'll be able to use for them but i'm very upfront we're like we might not even get one <laughs> you know do you, I, ever, it's, I, I, do you ever think like do you ever just like maybe like shoot a picture of them yes like, and i think that get out of the way and then they can use that and Yes, and uh, Danielle, it is such a struggle because it's like the association that comes with you taking that picture is like where I'm at right now. It's a crossroads where like I will, I have, and I will take these quote unquote beautiful, simple shots of people because it makes me feel like okay, they got something in return. But the association that comes with like this is your work now, even though it's basic, it's weighing so much on me because it's like. They will tag you. They will re-edit themselves because they don't like the way they look. And because I'm not very attached to the image because it's not my style, they feel like they have a little more ability to like re-edit, filter, yet they still tag you. And the, the weight that comes with that being associated to your work, I don't even know anymore if I should be doing that. No, <laughs> I, I, that I can way. understand that because it's one thing to take a photograph as the artist, right? As a photographer and to frame it the way you want, compose it the way you want and maybe edit it the way you want. And then somebody takes it and runs it through some like crappy Instagram filter or something or, you know, whatever they decide to do to it. And then, yeah, they tag you and sometimes, well, that's, that's not reflect a reflection of, of Antonio's work or of my work. Yeah. Right? It's, so, like, it yeah, and I even it's the saddest thing is that I even had one of my friends, well, one of my good friends, I would say, that Amanda, who one of the girls I shot last. Um, and well, it is the saddest thing is that the two girls I shot last, who I adore and love, and I think that I have an actual relationship with them outside of like just creating, like we hang out, we drink, and all that. They, I think that they feel or they felt that they could re-edit the picture without me mentioning it. So I had to politely be like. I'm okay with this, but just please don't tag me because it stopped being my work. It started being your vision of my work. How did they take that? Amanda took it very well. Um, you also don't have to use their names, you know, because this is going to be heard by people. It's okay. I, I'm okay. 
I feel like Amanda, Amanda and I are cut with the same cloth sometimes. Like, as long as her name is put out there, she'd be like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't mention the other one because I don't know how she'll take it. <laughs> uh, but the other one, uh, I think that because I see the beauty in who they are as a person, I don't think that they sometimes or we ourselves see sometimes the beauty that other people see. And so they feel a need to re-edit something because they don't like the way they look, even though to me, it was the most beautiful thing about them. I, that's most people who post anything on social media. Yeah, and so, so when, I like, when you're asking like, do I take these simple pictures? I do, but in my brain, I'm like, this is not my work. I don't even know if I want to send it to them. They're not paying me, I'm not paying them. Do I really have to send them this little piece? Like, Pretty well, picture exchange, right? Like you want everybody, it's an exchange. You want people to walk away with something that they feel was worthy of their time. Yes, but the funniest thing is that if people want to shoot with me, they see my work. Like they see my work and it's not your typical look at me, I'm pretty, which I think that I've done very well in like deflecting from because that's the, the work that I hate. Um, I hate the typical look like straightforward, look, I'm hot, 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 flex muscles, hot. <laughs> I think that I have treaded the line a little bit of like, I will put you in a good light, but it's not going to be about you. <laughs> it's going to be about the mood. It's going to be about the feeling behind the picture. Like, I think that I use the word ethereal a lot when I photograph people. I'm like, give me something ethereal. And I think that every model I've shot hates it when I say, I get it. You're good looking. Can we move past it? Like, I need you to like, I need you to not be scared of being ugly. I I've been surprised at the positive feedback. They're like, oh, I get what you mean. Like, like do some quirky thing. Yes, do quirky, do something weird. Like you're a hot guy, you're a hot girl. You have hundreds of images of you being that. Let's move past it. You know, let's do something different. And usually they, they say yes, but there's still that weight on me. Like I need to give them something. I, <laughs> in I case feel like just in looking at um, the work on your website, like you said, people know what your work is. So they know that they're not coming to you to get like some standard headshot um, I would name names, but I'm not going to do that. But there are, there are some popular headshot photographers in um, Los Angeles and also New York that shoot very, um, like, you, like you look at their photographs and what you see is the photographer before you see the person. Like they have a style. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's, it's very much a style in the sense that like, oh, I know this is a so-and-so photo. You know, yeah. before I see the person in the photograph. Now with your images, I feel like, yes, you see the photographer, like there's a style, but you also see the subject in a different way that's more, that it has more depth, I guess you could say. Because it's not, it's like you said, it's not just like a photo of a hot person. You know, I, I, I love that you can see that. The posing. Uh, the graininess of the film, the way that you've chosen to develop it, um, the, the lighting, the shadows. I just, I don't, to me, it's more, I don't want to say it's more art because art is subjective, but 
there's some I don't care about what I say it. <laughs> I don't care. Say it to me. Say it to my face. It's 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 feels that it's more of almost like um, a merging of sculpting and painting, if that makes any sense. But with a photo like but with a with a camera. I it feels it fills me with so much joy and pride and just happiness hearing that. It, you have no idea. It just, yeah. I, it's you're without trying. You just complimented me, which I don't take compliments very well, and I don't think you were trying to compliment me. But it's such a compliment. I don't give just, compliments. Okay. And girl, I don't like taking okay. compliments. But when people say, when people say, "I love your work," in my head, I'm like, "What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? Okay. Like, what are you looking for? Like, girl, <laughs> what do you want from me?" <laughs> Uh, so it does feel me, especially maybe because I know that you don't bullshit a lot or you would call it out or because we've had conversations about different things in the past. I know that it, you wouldn't feel the need to be like, this is what I feel about your work, which is coincidentally the something I want people to feel from my work. Yeah, I don't, I don't say things I don't mean and I don't say things just to make people feel good. Um, I just, you know, see, I see, see something and I describe what it is that I see or what it is that I get from the work. That's very sweet. I, I, I think that it's humbling to hear that, that, like, your take on my work. It is very humbling just because I think that every person, even even headshot photographers or even any photographer, I don't like calling myself a photographer because I don't think that describes what I want to do with my career. And I feel like I'm offending people who actually love and, and have this passion towards photography as a whole because i don't see I, don't. I i've heard artists say that before like oh well i don't consider myself an artist because you know I'm, I'm just an illustrator or i'm just a such and such but if somebody is offended by you using a medium in a way that is different than the way that they use it or doesn't feel that you're taking that medium seriously enough to you know, declare yourself the operator of that medium, I feel like that person should spend more time focusing on their own art instead of what somebody else. Well, I, I will, I agree with you, but I think that in, in my, in my, in my shoes, it's not that they tell me this, it's that I know how hard this is. And I know that there's people who actually dedicate themselves to this from a young age that because I know the work that goes with it, I would hate for them to feel like anybody can grab a camera and shoot and call themselves a photographer because I know that the work that goes with it from just, I because I literally just grabbed a camera shot and just started posting. It's yeah, but I mean, I think there's this big misconception about um, acquiring proficiency or, uh, even expertness, I guess you could say, um, that's, that's a word, um, in a craft where you have to struggle or spend crazy amount of you know, time doing said craft before you can declare yourself a photographer or a painter or a sculptor. And while I think there's something to be respected about the medium and you know, committing to working and becoming better at it, 
if you have a natural gift of seeing people and capturing them in a way that other people find compelling and you use the camera to do it, you're a photographer. Now, if, if, you're, if you're saying, oh, well, I don't consider myself to be a photographer because it's not my sole medium, that's fine. Then you're an artist who happens to use photography as one of your mediums. I, 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 I love what you're hearing. I just, I, yeah, I think that I would hate. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I struggled with a lot of imposter syndrome when I first started but photographing that I think it's lingered a little bit where like now I get the difficulties behind it, the expenses behind it, the struggles where like photographers won't make, uh, like even headshot photographers won't make a certain cap. Like they won't exceed, only a lucky few would exceed like the six digits and most of them would maybe make thousands maybe. And the work that goes behind it that I think that out of respect for that and for them, I have I have personally chosen to not call myself, which is weird and I and I accept it and perhaps I can get away with being like I'm just an eccentric fuck. <laughs> but uh yeah, like when people ask me what I do, I literally hit blank. Like I like the other day I went I went to this party with uh, my friend Luke, one of my good friends Luke, but most of his friends are in the industry. And it's funny because I'm not in the industry anymore, but yet I'm still surrounded by it. That the conversations were like, oh, what do you do? I'm, there are writers, they're producers, they're, uh, what was the other one? They were our cinematographers. And yet they're like, what do you do? And I was like, I blanked and I was like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing things. And then it, my friend will have to intercept and be like no he's a photographer like I felt very imposter like saying something that I didn't feel comfortable saying still yeah here we are five years later still photographing working on shows <laughs> I mean five years and also you you're you're shooting on film which is something that a lot of people don't do anymore I mean I love your iPhone and like went out and you know and, and I'm not even saying that that's not to be respected either, because if that's the tool that you have available to you or the tool that you want to use and you go out and you take photographs and people like them, who says you're not a photographer? I agree, I agree. I mean, I did start shooting with an iPhone. <laughs> I, I, I was very, I hit a depression mode with acting where acting and being in front of the camera and just being the center of attention or trying to be like, it's funny because when you're an actor, you really do have to try to be the center of attention, not because you're a narcissist, but because you have to prove to everyone that you can be entertaining. You have to prove to people that um, you have that it factor, either that or the mystery. You know, you have to, there's something you have to prove as an actor that when I hit depression, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be inside, uh, in front of the camera. I didn't want to smile. I didn't want to be fake. I, I think that I was over it, that I started shooting with an iPhone, which probably was still newer than yours. <laughs> uh, but, just throwing it out there. But hey, you know, to each their own. I started shooting with an iPhone and people started being like, oh, you have some sort of eye, you have an eye. 
I just didn't want to be in front of the camera. So I was like, yeah, I have an eye. Let me take your, let me take the picture of you versus the whole, like, let's be in a group picture together. But I think that that's how I started. And then my friend, um, Kathleen, who I think that I owe everything to, um, she came over one day and gave, gifted me an old, an old uh, digital camera that she had. We were talking about uh, your imposter syndrome and how. <laughs> Is it yes? <laughs> now yes. no. Um, and how you feel a way about calling yourself a photographer, but you know, if I, I think you're very much a photographer and a talented photographer, um, so I don't feel like that's something you should shy away from saying. However, I do understand being an artist who wants to incorporate other mediums, you know, into your work. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I myself feel very much that way about the stuff that I work on um, because I utilize a lot of different things when I'm creating. So let's talk a bit about the new things that you're starting to incorporate into your art. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the new things that I'm starting to incorporate in my art. Great. The new Let's do that. The new medium. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So I I I saw this uh, docu series about Andy Warhol. That I you know Andy Warhol very polarizing. Uh, I think that some people will call him very polarizing. First, I think that um, so this is this is very inspired by his exhibit or show uh, Piss, Come, and Oxidation um, that I loved. I thought it was great. And <laughs> the funniest thing is that it had nothing to do with photography. <laughs> it has not, absolutely nothing to do with like, I mean, well, I've, I had previously done some Rothko-inspired um, damaged film that I loved and I think that it translated very well. So I'm incorporating my, I think that the way that he did it is that there was a piss and an oxidation in uh, post uh, his developing of the film or whatever he was doing. And the way I'm doing it is going to be prior. So everything that I have no control over anything I get, but I have control over what is put out there, I guess you can say. It's funny because it's 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 it started here, and as a true ADD person, it's now all over here. <laughs> I think that I think that as 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 oh, I hate using the word artist. I think as creative people. Wait a minute. Let's let's pause right there. Let's oh, pause. another is there another commercial break? No, not a commercial break. This is we're pausing to address this uh, resistance to acknowledge the gift and the talent that you have. <laughs> I think that. What is that about? I think that personally. I, if I, I don't think that I will ever make money off of my work. And I think that if my, if my, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll talk to my therapist. You know, this is LA. <laughs> this is where I, I have to interject and say, do you see how capitalism infiltrates everything? I, I mean, here's because. the thing. And, 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 I, and, I, and I, I love that you said that. And I, and I do. And I really, really do. I do. I really, really do. So, hey, so much. You don't know the song? Okay, great. I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, M2M. Great, great band from Sweden from like the 90s. Um, I grew up in Mexico. Anyways. I thought it was a musical, so. Honestly, they can, their music should be a musical. It's, it's that fluff. Um, I think that there is a, there is an acknowledgement of worth based on a monetary gain. There is an acknowledgement of people seeing your worth as an artist or a creative or a photographer based on a monetary association to your work. It's always been that. It's, it will always be that. I think that as someone who is literally bleeding money from this, I think that it almost feels like very hobby-like where it's like my money, my time, no one's paying me. So the association with like having a, like a hard time calling myself an artist or a photographer does have to do with the fact that it's coming from me. It is, it is self, self, it's it's self-funded. It's nothing has ever been like here, here's a thousand dollars, do whatever you want. It's always been like, Hey, I want to shoot with you, but I'm bleeding money off my ass. You know, it's so, it's like as much as I, I love, I do think that there is an association of like worth and value and money is not always there. Cause sometimes I do see things that are worth like, why is that worth two, two, like $200,000? You know, I want to be worth $200,000 for one of my pieces. But I think that there is that association where like someone needs to associate in monetary value to who you are as an artist. Because if not, you are literally, it's a hobby. And at this point, because it is a hobby for me, it's, it, I, I do have that, like, no one is, I guess, yeah, I guess that no one is putting their money, no one's risking their finances to be like, try this out. If it doesn't work, I still believe in you. It is self put out there. It is my money. It is, yeah, I think that that's, I think that, even that little mirror in behind you, someone designed it, but someone made money off of that. I think that that is such a detrimental distortion. And it speaks to just how much capitalism has infiltrated everything that we do. Because you just said that, okay, because someone else isn't putting their money behind your work. It is somehow less valid. Wait, repeat, repeat that. You said that because someone is not putting their money behind your work, 
it is somehow less valid. And that if somebody would financially back your work, it would then no longer be a hobby. like example of this go ahead <laughs> also those earrings are i'm into it <laughs> actually coconut. i love they're coconut they're what they're coconut shells that i bought in berlin somebody took a coconut shell and then like dyed them like carved them and in dyed berlin. Them. a coconut in berlin well i don't know if they got the coconut in berlin obviously they didn't <laughs> You know, I just thought of, you know, a tree grows in Brooklyn, a coconut grows in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the most, that is the widest thing I've ever heard in my life you say. What? I got this, I got this coconut from Berlin versus, <laughs> like, I can, oh, I can wait just a minute. picture, like. You know what, actually? Hold on, let me look. Okay, these are not from Berlin. I gave them to my friend as a gift in Berlin. I gave her a pair of blue ones. I believe I got these in Bucharest. You know okay, what I, I see, I've, I, I don't know where that is. So to me, that sounds like a place with coconuts. Eastern Europe. I don't think they have- Oh, even no coconuts. See, I don't think there's coconuts there. <laughs> I mean, they, have, they, they do have the Black Sea, but I don't know if there's coconuts there. But yeah, as I was saying, capitalism, Oh, yes, yes. Oh, and I was going to say, I have a perfect example of this. Great. I think we both have friends. That, uh, I would say that we both have friends. Oh, I hope, I hope I'm not the only one. <laughs> I hope I'm not the only one that has a friend who thinks that they, no, well, that, yeah, well, let me, <laughs> no, that we, I hope I'm not the only one who has friends. I hope I'm not the only one who has a friend who sometimes loves to drink their own bath water like thinks they're better than they are because of what they're funded by someone else yes because i feel like there's people who like think that they're like amazing oh oh perfect you're a writer correct you 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 you're a writer writing is one of my mediums yes yes and you have friends who also probably are dedicated to writing because if you're a writer you probably have friends who are writers as well Yes. Like I have photographer friends and I have artist friends because it, it just comes with the territory. But you probably have friends who are not as good as they think they are. Well, it's subjective, isn't it? Is it? Is writing subjective? You know, is it? No, it is. It, it absolutely is because, I mean, look at all the films that get made every year. And oh my God. You know, yes. the, you know they, they are derivatives of scripts that somebody sat yes, down and wrote. But are they not? Okay, okay, great. So someone <laughs> gave, great, gave money to that bad writer, it's subjective, I get it, to that writer who is probably not the, what we would call the good writer. And someone gave money to that writer, but now that person is a writer. But there's also friends who are, think they're good. They're like, why doesn't my stuff get picked up? Why doesn't my work get picked up when it's better than so-and-so's? But you're like, well, maybe it's not better. <laughs> I guess I, I don't really spend much time in that space asking those types of questions. No, um, trying to understand why somebody else's work gets made and maybe mine hasn't or, you know. Well, I I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm I'm spending time thinking like why nobody like gives me money. I think that 
there is a, I would say that there's that value where like someone reads a script and says, I want to put financial backing into the script versus read the script and we're like, this is terrible. But this person who wrote this terrible script that didn't get made probably does go around saying, I'm, an, I'm a writer, I'm a great writer, I'm a writer, I'm a great writer. But there's a group of people dedicated to reading scripts and saying, you probably shouldn't be a writer. But Timmy, so, is still all subjective because the people reading the scripts, like for example, on, on a major uh, script hosting platform, again, I won't name names, but- Oh my God, drag them. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> they, um, I believe they pay their readers like $25 to read a script, right? So, and that's a full length feature script, or maybe it's like 30 for a full length feature script and like 25 for a half hour, right? So you kind of have to ask yourself, the people that are reading these scripts, how much time are they committing to actually reading them and, you know, seeing the character development, the story structure, the arc, all that stuff. Like how much time are they investing in reading these scripts so they can actually assess them in a thorough way? Like the, yes. it's an opinion, it's an opinion. They're all opinions. And I'm of the school of thought, it's not for me, but clearly it's for somebody. And oftentimes it's not for a lot of people because they spend millions of dollars on a film and the return is crap, right? God, I, I, I agree with you. Sometimes I see these films and I'm like, how did this get made? And then, it, and then the, the best part is if, if you're male um, and of a certain hue, you'll probably- Drag me, <laughs> drag me. You'll probably get a sequel or you'll get another chance to make another crappy film. Yeah, so, I think I, I agree with that. I just think it's, you can't determine the worth of your art or your skill or your identity based off of somebody else financially supporting you in that venture or in what somebody else is doing. Your work is for who it's for. That's it. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that the struggle is that where does it stop being a hobby and where, uh, to me personally, where does it, like, where can I say it's not a hobby anymore versus this is my ends and me, like my ends to, like, this is what pays the rent or this is what doesn't pay the rent. But, <laughs> but this is where I, in the history of artistry have straight out the gate forever been able to support themselves solely on their art especially I mean, when it's not commercial yeah i mean i think that it's funny you say that because like the only person that comes into my head is like van gogh who like didn't sell like any or was like bartering his work for like bread and shelter um but any other person that we know i think that actually was successful <laughs> Like, if you even think like Picasso, Dali, or the Impressionists, or even if you go to like the Romantic area, like we know these artists because someone commissioned them, someone paid for them to be like these, do these work. Or a lot of them created the work that they felt inspired to create, and then later were discovered when they either tried to sell their work, and then from there, they were commissioned to do things. And I would say that more artists have probably died without people knowing who they are 
than there have been artists who have successfully bankrolled their entire lives off of their art. I think it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous way to value yourself as an artist or even as a person, because you, you said, oh, somebody else funded it. Well, you are, you're funding it. So are you saying that you are less than? Or yeah. <laughs> I don't want, I want to stop using my money. Yeah. My bank account sometimes gets like the red notification. Okay. Well, overdraft. <laughs> I understand that part. <laughs> Trust me. I get it. But I don't think that that's synonymous with your value or your worth as an artist, just because somebody hasn't said, here's a grant. I I I I no I I I see your I one hundred percent see the point and I one hundred percent agree with you. I just think that personally, there's the struggle of like where it stops being where does it personally stop being a hobby, and does it start being like okay, this is going to be a career choice? Because at the moment, it's like I literally have work. I have a real job. Well, not a real job. I have a job that pays me money, <laughs> which is not a real job. I hate that job. I won't drag them. You know, they are not worth me mentioning. <laughs> also, um, you want those lights to stay on in the room that you're sitting in right now. Yeah, they pay the lights and they pay for the film, to which I am very grateful for. But <laughs> well, it's well, like... Slow down now. They didn't donate it. You had to work for it. They did not donate. And trust me when I say, I cried tears for that money. But like, yeah, I would love to like one day, even if it does pays just the rent. The rental on your humble flat. No, Moulin Rouge, I just saw it. No, remember Moulin Rouge? Well, she's like, oh, I didn't watch that. I oh, it's, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, I, I, I think that it's, it's hard. It's hard to like not see this as a hobby when it's coming from me. It's hard, it's just hard. So when people ask me like, what I do when people ask me like how I see myself, it's hard for me to be like this because it's like when your hobby is camping, you're not saying, Oh, hi, I'm so and so, I'm a camper. Oh. Which is okay, why great. I would say that your photography is not a hobby. If somebody decides that they want to start a business, right? And they don't have any funding, there's no VCs, no investors, and they're putting their own money into it. Is that business any less valid because it hasn't been funded by someone else? Or are they simply in the developing stages of that business where, you know, the majority of businesses require money to go in first and there's usually a loss year after year before they start to make a profit. Is that any oh, less yes. business? Well, Danielle, if you would see this business, would you not think perhaps they need a new business plan? No. <laughs> perhaps they need a manager. <laughs> What was the question? Was it about like my we new were work? Talking, <laughs> we were talking about how you are saying that you're not a photographer or you're not an artist or you cringe to call yourself an artist because someone else hasn't validated that by way of money. But, uh, anyways, just for the sake of argument, let's just call myself uh, a photographer because I feel like I would hate to like dedicate like this interview and your time to like my insecurities of calling myself a photographer. I would hate that. I am sorry about that. You are not my therapist. You're not getting this is a conversation that is encompassing all things Antonio the artist. 
And I think that, I think that what you're saying is, um, is something that a lot of people feel. And I think it's worth, you know, I think it's good that we talked about it. I think it's worth examining because I think it's problematic to associate one's value with money. I think that is a central problem in our society that capitalism dictates pretty much everything. You know, it's why Instagram is basically a cesspool of shitty ads now and uh, appropriated, I don't even know what you want to call it, appropriated videos or, you know, formats, appropriated formats from other apps that they just steal stuff from because they want to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So circling back to the medium aspect of it and the different mediums that you've been <laughs> incorporating, like, uh, yes. can you talk about the pill or no? Yeah, we can talk about the pill. Okay. Well, I don't know if we can talk about the specific pill because I don't have a prescription, so we're just going to like... <laughs> <laughs> so we're just not going to mention what we pill and how... About, we don't have to talk about... I didn't say that you acquired the pill by any illegal means, but the fact that you are... Incorporating... All, it's all legal. It's all legal. <laughs> You've been incorporating uh, 3D, right? We can say 3D yeah. matter uh, yeah. into your art. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, um, I think that, oh my God, I just, it's, it's coming back, to, it's all coming back, it's all coming back to me now. Um, please, I, w I will never want to hear that again because I feel like I'll listen to myself, be like, wow, that was really <laughs> out of time. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the, the show, oh my God, it's, it, it came back to me and it hit me with the conversation we were having about like, artists and then that's where my my issue with the word artist came from um i think that i think there's a difference between the people who like um i don't want to have a real conversation about this i think there's a difference between people who um do things because they can or are able to or have the talent and the ability to let's say photograph paint um sculpt or anything like that versus the people who want to say something with that and I think that I, in my epiphany of like what do I want to do with this I, I want to say something and I, I think the difference between an artist and someone who is good at something is if they have something to say and because I personally at the moment have not said anything don't probably consider myself an artist because I'm lacking that commentary on something that I care or something that means something or something that I want to say or something that I'm observing. And I think that that's the difference. And I think that that's why I do have an issue calling myself an artist because I haven't said anything with my work. And I think that I've had that epiphany with this new um, thing that I do want to say something. And, it's, and it has to do with the pill. <laughs> and it has to do with the controlling of perhaps your inner chaos and perhaps the your creative your creative venture in life how it's being moderated and how it has to fit a certain mold and how people have to be able to acknowledge and recognize and say this is an arm this is a figure this is you're going towards this way and I think that with my work and the inspiration I had from Warhol's piss come and oxidation is that no it's it's interpretation it's 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 is there some substance behind just some 
picture. And I think that artists should have a substance. And I think that that's why. I think that I've struggled with saying the reasons why I don't like calling myself an artist, but one of the reasons is I have no substance. I can take a pretty picture, but doesn't mean anything to me. I think that there's a difference between people who stand up for something and say something versus the people who actually do the protests versus someone who's just like, blah, 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 blah. I think there's a difference. Both are standing up for like, quote unquote, what's right, but one's actually doing something. So there's people who are able to have this ability with, let's say, photography. But if you're not saying something, are you an artist or are you just a good photographer? Okay. I hear you. <laughs> Question. No therapy, no therapy. <laughs> the interview that you either therapize me. I'm not here to therapize you. I'm here to ask you questions. Uh, yes, uh, okay. What okay, so you mentioned Van Gogh earlier. Yes. What would you say Van Gogh was saying with his art? That was you know, you said people would put their bodies on the line. What was he saying with Starry Night? Oh my God, I, I, Starry Night is about, well, first of all, Starry Night is perhaps very commercialized, but yet people just see a pretty picture. But what was he saying is not necessarily what you were seeing, but it's what's behind the picture. It's what was being seen. He was in a hospital room. He was observing life outside in, within the confinements of a hospital room. That's beautiful. That's something that has weight. We just see a lot of people just see a pretty picture, which is what, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> photographers do is take a pretty picture. But is there substance behind it? And there is. There's trauma. There's pain. There is a story behind why he chose to paint the Starry Night. Okay. So is there not a story behind why you choose to photograph what you choose to photograph, the way you choose to photograph it? There's no story. There's no story. I think that a lot of people, when they see my work, don't realize I've only been shooting for five years. And a lot of people don't realize that when I shoot, I shoot very specific for a reason. And it's because everything I'm doing is always to teach me something. If I shoot somebody, it's because I want to learn how to take shadows. <clears throat> I want to learn how to, let's say like my last work and I see a lot of the gold stuff people don't realize this but when you shoot um film if if something is reflecting on on light it can fuck film easily in the way where like it's overexposed and underexposed because your light is being registered very differently with every movement um so i don't think that people realize that i'm still teaching myself a lot of technique while taking these images my accent just came out did you realize did you hear it uh, <laughs> Um, I, I think that a lot of people don't realize that I still have room to play. I'm still playing with discovering how to do things, but because I'm able to put it out there without having any thought or any weight into my work, because my work has no weight right now, because that's why I can able, I'm able to put it out there, because there's no weight into it for me. People see it and they can take whatever they want, but I'm still playing around with this technique. And so when you're asking me, is there no substance there's no substance behind it but there's a reason why i'm taking these pictures okay so for you the photographs that you take and the way that you choose to take them 
because not everybody photographs this way. Like to me, your work is very stylized and there's yes. intention, there's intention behind it. So are you saying that in these images, for example, on your website, the intention behind all of these was simply to learn how to photograph this specific subject with yeah. your technique? If you're on my website and if you go to like my creative side, um, there's a, a Il Nuevo Caravaggio, which is uh, the new Caravaggio, which is my experimentation with shadows. I which it's beautiful. That's very, thank you. That's very, thank you. But like, I'm still learning and I, I wanna, I, I like, there's a reason why I'm taking these images, but these are just basically case studies for me. This is, this is, this is going to lead up to, to what I want to say. And that has been the epiphany of my work. Let me finish before, before any pretty person out there gets mad about being like, I hate pretty people. I love pretty people. <laughs> um, I hate pretty people because in they they need to be more, you know, it's the, they struggle with the fact that can they do something more than just being pretty. So these images, it's, would I be able to frame it and see it in someone's living room versus it's a pretty picture of someone. Like to me, every image I take, I want to be able to picture it, someone framing that picture and no one's gonna frame a hot girl. Well, there, there is, like if you go to a mechanic shop, girl, girl bikini calendar, I see it there. Um, but do you know what I mean? No one's gonna, if you look at like the Instagram models and they see like, oh, look at like casually, the, the breeze is taking my Prada bag. <laughs> like, oh, uh, like. My Prada bag. Cannot, yeah, you cannot, you cannot expect someone to see that picture and be like, that's a pretty picture, yes but you don't expect that picture to be printed, framed in someone you don't know. So for me, it's been an experimentation where like, I have to take these people and get them out of who they are for someone to be able to see something to be like, I want this image of this unknown person to be in my living room. And I am working with something I wanna say, and it's about creativity and it's about creative people and it's about how it starts with the controlling of that creativity. And I think that the pill comes back into play with that, <clears throat> which I wanna start the show where you see this pill because um, when you exit the show, it's gonna be the same frame, but there's not gonna be a pill. So either you took the pill before the show, you took the pill after the show, but there's a sense that you're coming into the world and you're being controlled of what you can say and do. I like it. That sounds very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I understand what you're saying as far as like the work perhaps that you've done thus far doesn't feel substantial to you. Um, but I see substance in the work because I feel based off of what you just shared, for example, somebody, somebody who sees these photographs might not get that immediately, you know? Um, I mean, they would get that they're definitely works of art, right? Is it art for everybody? Who knows? There's no such thing as art for everyone, right? Um, but there's definitely substance in what you're doing because these aren't just photographs of pretty people. 
Thank you. That's, that is, I feel like the mezcal is hitting as well. And so I think that I'm able to be a little more like, <laughs> because I do, I think that I, I use humor a lot in, to, in order to deflect from me versus like to bring attention to me. And I think that humor to me is the most powerful tool anybody can use because you can draw people in and you can push people away. You can push people away from like, what, like stop focusing on me, let's laugh uh, and or draw people into like, let's have a real conversation, but yet not make it so heavy. <laughs> so I, I use humor a lot to deflect um, attention towards me, but I think that because the mezcal is hitting, <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, I do, and I do, I don't really have these conversations with people about art and what I want to say and what people want to do and how people perceive my art or my work. I've never had this conversation where it's like, I don't want to take a pretty picture of someone because I, I can't see someone being like, I want this hot girl in my living room with my, you know, I can't and I don't want to. And it's, and I think that the struggle with me has been like, people who I photograph to see that, to see past their ability to be the hot person because it's not about being hot, it's about being to transcend that aspect of themselves. This is what this space is about, is about getting in um, deeper to the things that drive us as artists, the things that inspire us, the things that hold us back, um, and just being honest. Right. You know, I love that you just said you've never had this conversation with anybody before, because I think that it's enlightening, not only for you, but, you know, for me and whoever might listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it also comes with the, the whole like, I think that the space or this this interview or you are allowing you to have this conversation versus like in, in the real world these conversations not necessarily, not necessarily are not welcome, but then it gets to a point where like, am I talking too much about me? Am I talking too much about my process? Should I be asking other people about their process? Should I be asking like, is this too narcissistic to even acknowledge this aspect of my work? It gets to, a, I mean, especially in LA, you know? It's I, full do of people know. Who, I do know. <laughs> but it's full of people like wanting to talk about them. So it gets to a point where like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I want, like I, like I said, I'd like the, I think that because I'm in LA, I do like the anonymity of who I am as a person and my work. And it's very different than what's on social media. Everything's about people. Everything's about who they are as a person, who they project to be. In LA, everything's about who they are and who they project to be and who they want to be. And I think, yeah, so this, these conversations, I don't think that are not welcomed, but I don't want to partake in them with these people. Completely understandable. Um, as you know, I lived in LA and I, I know that not to generalize the city, but I too struggled with finding people who wanted to transcend the superficial and to provide space for others to explore depth. Yeah, I mean, but again, like I said earlier, it does come with the territory of like, being an actor, you kind of like have that pressure to be that entertaining, to have the most fascinating story, to, in, in a sense, be the star in a room so someone can like actually notice you. Because 
I mean, being an actor is hard, and there's, there's a it's a huge struggle, and it's and it's picking the right people to sleep with, you know, <laughs> because I obviously didn't. <laughs> He's like a photographer. And I, I tried, I just slept with the wrong people, and I was like, not above it. <laughs> What's up next for you? Stand up? Is stand up next for you? Stand up comedy? Stand up? Oh my God, no. That would, I would die because it'd be like, if people, like, I would get no feedback from people, and I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, this is really like, what do I do with myself? Okay, great. Okay. You know what's funny? I used to think that. Um, everybody hit, hits depression at one point or another, and apparently they don't. That was a shocking to me. I, it's funny because my friend is a, uh, well, she's now a therapist, and I was saying like, oh, you know, some, I just go through some like periods of depression, but I think it's normal. And she's like, no, <laughs> it's not normal. And I was like, what do you mean it's not normal? Doesn't everybody go through these periods of depression? And she's like, no, they don't. And I was like, oh, okay, neither do I. <laughs> I was like, use the acting training for something. <laughs> but to be fair, uh, depression did get me to where I'm at in my quote unquote, um, oh, not in quote unquote, in my aspirations to, for my artistry. I, I do owe it a lot to depression because it was a, I did hit a really a rock bottom point where like I considered suicide at the time. Uh, but it was like, if I'm considering suicide because of this stupid thing, why not do what I want to, you know, why not put the, why not, when I started photographing, why not put it out there? Who the fuck cares if I'm an actor trying to be a photographer? Like it, so I, I do have to say that being depressed, give me balls. And I, I don't think that everybody can shift the narrative like that, like I did. And I'm very blessed that I'm able, I was able to, but I do sometimes hit these depressed depressions moments where I get the most creative because I stop caring about people's views and concepts of me because if I am like literally two stones away from like doing something harm like harmful to myself I for some reason somehow I shift the narrative to where I'm like if I'm going about if I'm too like if I'm about to take my own life fuck it let's do something you know let's do something let's go out with like something creative so I, I, I cannot say that it's normal, but I cannot take that away from like where I'm at because it is a part of how I got here. Well, I'm glad you're still here with us. <laughs> not to, I didn't want to make a Debbie Downer, but I'm just saying like- You're not like, a Debbie just Downer, you're being honest. I'm, I'm, I'm taking what you're saying seriously. I'm glad you're still here with us um, beyond your work, right? I'm glad that you are here. Uh, and I think that rock bottom can definitely be a, a place that propels people into what's next. Not that that should be like your, anybody's chosen way of getting there because it's a very difficult thing to be depressed and struggle with uh, a sense of purpose and a sense of self-worth. But as you said, um, these dark times that we experience as people and often as artists, because I think that's a very integral part in a lot of people's artistic trajectories is that when you stop caring what people think, it frees you up to do the things that you might have wanted to do before that you were 
are fearful of doing, you know, for fear of judgment, or it just allows you to try new things and not worry so much about whether or not you're good at it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say thank you, depression, but you know, thank you, depression. Or, <laughs> I'm joking. Depression is really, you should really get help. <laughs> if, if someone's listening out there, you should really get help. Like if you're, if you're like two stones away from like doing something harmful, get help, girl. I will, I you, will you, put something in the footnotes for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, 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 I get it. But I also understand that my, I do have friends who are like struggled with hardcore depression who are not able to switch their mind like the way I am. So I totally understand that it is, I, I guess you can say a blessing that I'm able to switch it when I'm like in my lowest, I'm going to be like, fuck it. If I'm going to go and go out doing what I want. And then once I'm there, it takes all my time and effort that <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't have time to tell myself. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what I will it's, a, it's a real conversation. It's a real conversation. And I think that these thoughts, these thoughts do happen. These thoughts do like go through my mind sometimes. I'm like, wow. I'm so tired, I don't even wanna think about it. <laughs> As you said, this is your journey, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, but as you said, if you are somebody listening to this and you are in a state of depression and you are not able to pivot that depression into productivity or this sense of you know, not caring what other people think so that you can then try something new do not fault yourself, do not blame yourself, reach out to the resources available to you in your area um, and ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. So I, I definitely want to make that clear and I wanna say that. I would like to say I agree. <laughs> okay, so when are you thinking of doing the show? When when will uh, I be able to come take this pill and go on this journey? Um, I, I I don't know because I started this project or I started this idea again and it's pivoted. It's morphed and I love the idea that I was able to morph it because as long it, it did start with me just being like, how can I damage film in a different way and create a cool, interesting image? To where I had the epiphany of like, there has to be something I want to say with this, and there is, especially with like social media and the need to be creative and like compete with all these quote unquote, not quote unquote, I hate using the quote unquote, but algorithm. with all these, yeah, with all this algorithm or with this, all these creative people that you can help and compare yourself and you're like, how are they able to create, quote unquote, the, the, now I can use the quote unquote, quote unquote content this fast and this, and yeah, I'm here struggling with like, what's my next idea? And so, I, I want to I wanna say something about the process of being creative and being having to subject that creativity from a young age. And now you're giving these tools like social media where like Gen Z is able to like access it further or more because they grew up with it. They were able to like be, it's okay to be this creative. And me as a millennial, I'm like, I've been told all my life I shouldn't be this creative. Or I've been told by society that I should probably ring it in. Who has been telling you these things? Oh my God, when I was a kid, uh, 
my principal, the principal of my elementary school, met with my parents so many times because I had a, a, a hard issue with focusing. But I think that in the 90s, where I, when I was a kid, um, I don't think that they understood how people with ADD or a creative, I'm not good with like textbook. I, I don't do well with tests, but I'm very well with visuals. And I am very well with like memorizing visuals and being like, this is that. And I'm 100%, thank God I'm not colorblind because I can even tell the shades. But when I was a kid, it was just not misunderstood. And they uh, advised my parents to put me on Redolin, Redolin or whatever it's called. And they like try to control me. And I know people who take Adderall and are quote, quote unquote, like, I love the word quote unquote. That's going to be my next tattoo, quote unquote. The name of your show, <laughs> quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, quote unquote. Uh, lose the ability to be creative when they're on Adderall because they're trying to like, heart, uh, they're trying to like basically cage that creativity because it's un misunderstood. So I'm trying to like let it loose and let people like interpret it. But there has to be a story. And I think that what I'm struggling is like the story behind the process. Like I, I can't just put in like 14 or 15 pieces and just be like, here are some pictures of damaged film. No, there has to be a story. There has to be, again, there has to be that substance behind each image. There has to be an intention. And I think that I'm struggling because I, <laughs> as, as much as I want to say something about the creativity and the harnessing of creativity and the, suppression of that i have to somewhat suppress my creative like addness to make some sort of sense into something i want to say so I, it's been four months hopefully I've, I've i've been very lucky enough to have this friend uh, who i met through social media who is a curator designer and who's curated shows and he's he's trying to guide me and how like i can go and hover and be expressive and so what makes sense and he's like well you have to have these aspects in the show to make it work because nowadays they're like asking for like three dimensionals and nfts and blah 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 and he's like i know and that's another thing like for me to have a show and say something i have to conform to these things that the galleries need because they also need to make money and for me to be like exposed i need to like anyways it's a mind fuck <laughs> i hope to have it ready I literally have about seven pieces I'm very proud of that, but I'm trying to morph other pieces that are not just a picture on a wall. I'm trying to make it like interactive. I'm trying to make it three-dimensional. I'm trying to have like, well, if we count the pill, but it's just that one's not necessarily my work. It's just me putting a pill on the wall and being like, take this journey. So it sounds like you're, you're still working. Yeah. You're still working I'm on still it. working on it. I think because I, I, it's been, I started in May. It's what, August. I have about seven pieces for this that I really love that I can put into something I want to say. But I feel like a full show should be at least 20 pieces with like dimension. It's not just like, I don't want to put, every, I don't want everything framed. I don't want just be a one dimensional show. So I'm trying to incorporate even some of my old pieces. I feel like I can incorporate them in this show where like I have this idea where like you analog scroll 
<laughs> you're a scroll you know how on instagram you just like go like this but i feel like you analog scroll through my work and yet you, there will be this one basic quote-unquote basic influencer shot or like that's who i'm competing against and that's who creative people are competing against it's these 100,000 likes versus the two likes but <laughs> even are though like 80,000 of those if not more were bought so yeah yeah that or we just tap because of the hot guy i'm guilty of that too like you just tap because of the pretty person you just tap because of the pretty girl but you're omitting because of the algorithm you're omitting these other creative people where instagram is like a, a place where the platform for images yeah i barely like anything when i'm in instagram because i just know that these people are sitting here just tracking everything i do and god forbid you like a photograph of a cupcake or uh i don't know what a pair of shoes yes we'll see <laughs> our cupcakes and shoes yes and and, and <laughs> it's funny because in the analog thing that I am trying to do, create, but it's gonna take a lot more images, is that you'll see and scroll through my images, come to this one place where they like it, and then suddenly you get all these images of this thing that has nothing to, and I, I, it's, and you lose the creativity behind it because it's just, you like it for certain things, but now you're converting that into a creative expression of what's wrong with creativity. Well, I'm excited to see anyway, what you produce. Yeah, if, if anything, I'll be posting it. <laughs> if anything, if all fails by March, you'll see a whole different algorithm. You'll see a whole bunch of images that are like, these are so weird. <laughs> it's not gonna fail because even if you don't get a gallery to co-sign you, you can crowdfund with the people that appreciate your work. And what is a gallery? You know, it's a space. Yeah, but there, there, there comes, there comes in like, it's kind of like, I, I can't help but like make these references to acting and actors and like the industry because I think that you and I met each other in the industry when we were both pursuing some sort of craft within the industry. So it is easy for me to make an analogy with the industry and artistry because you know how people say Hollywood loves Hollywood? Do they say that? And you know, they do say that. <laughs> they say that? Okay. They say that. They say it all the time. They say Hollywood loves Hollywood. And I analyze that and I'm like, yes, Hollywood does love Hollywood, but because we acknowledge and we're able to understand the craft behind a, a movie making, behind something so simple as a bad script, yet, but yet it gets made. But there's, there's something to be said about your peers recognizing you for where you're at in your endeavor. But are curators so, your peers? Curators are not my peers, but there comes a, a recognition of a peer where a gallery says, I want you to host your work in my space. Like it has, there has like, it has this momentous, feel inside of you that you're like i'm being recognized by people who are dedicated their lives to this of my struggle of my work of my not necessarily worth but of what my journey so now is it a gallery or are there specific galleries that you would like to work with 
I would love to work with the Regan Gallery. I would love to work with the Unit Gallery in London. Uh, those two are the galleries I really like. Um, but I would love to have like a solo show be, and <laughs> be throwing money at me where like I can do whatever. I can be Gaga and be like, let's make this fucking weird. But th there is, there is, there is a sensation of uh, a free of it's been worth it to have like a gallery, even a small gallery, be like your art or your work is worth the time and space for my gallery to show, even if it doesn't sell. There, there is a like, and then there's a the pressure of like, ooh, I, like I wanna sell because I don't wanna like let the gallery down. But to get to that step, there is like this, pure recognition of like i have been ex like exhibited in the gallery by uh, and so i can be like my fellow peers are these i don't know i wouldn't say i want to compare my work with like these grandmasters of like but i would love for like i would love that yeah i think that everybody I think wants that's that right desire and i trust that you will get there i simply want to say that you are an artist now regardless of if anybody co-signs on your work financially or with a like or a comment. I don't think that that's a baseline to judge oneself. And I encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing. Keep being open to your process and exploring and have good conversations with people who are open to providing you with the space to speak about your art in this way because I think th there's something to be said about community with an artist and uh, yeah. that it allows for you to ask questions um, that you might not have thought to ask simply because somebody else saw something in your work that you perhaps did not see. I, I will say this, when you mentioned the community, I think that it's important to also recognize that sometimes you have to like, be your own community because your, the community doesn't always embrace you. I, I, I wasn't embraced in the beginning. I was actually rejected by a lot of people who were a little more established. And I was shown a lot of envy and jealousy because people would reach out to me to be photographed by me as a, someone who was starting versus someone who was a little more established. So I will say that there comes, there has, there is a, I'm trying to make this like a little more eloquent there is a time in where you will not feel accepted by people and it's okay. And maybe that's, maybe that's another reason why I hate calling myself a star. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I don't want to offend them. <laughs> uh, I, I, so, agree. I, I, and to that, I say, that's not your community. It's, it's a simple yeah, fact. Yeah. That's not your community and you keep it moving. Yeah. I, I would say that I've, I've been able to like, Sometimes I just hit fuck it. And so I'm a petty bitch. I'm so petty. I'm a petty, I'm a petty bitch where like, if you reject me, I'll make you wish you didn't. So I've had bad instances in this community of artists where like I've struggled to make relationship with other photographers. And the relationships I have with other photographers and other creative people have been people who have just started where I've embraced them because I knew what rejection was. And so I have this, these amazing people just starting out and that want some sort of advice from me. And all I can do is just encourage them to explore because I knew what it was 
to not feel encouragement from by from people who were doing this. And to that I say, that's a great thing that you're doing, you know, because a lot of people are too threatened by other people um, and what they're doing and think that everything is about competition, which makes it very difficult to cultivate community. But I also encourage you and people to divest from this need to please other people or to be validated by other people. Because at the end of the day, art is subjective. You know, those who get it, get it, and those who don't, don't. And this is not to discount the journey that's required, you know, to sustain yourself as an artist, because it's not something that's easy to do, you know? So be, wanting to be validated financially for your work, it has, a, it, has, it has its place. But I don't believe that that's what defines you as an artist, whether somebody's willing to pay for your work. I mean, I, I think I've come to terms with like, I have this huge print that I, I was like, I wonder how much I can sell this for because I need money. Because <laughs> again, I am bleeding out my anus. Um, <laughs> I left the PG, you know, I didn't say um, I am bleeding out my anus. So I was like, I have to, I have to attribute like a worth to my work and it kills me. You know what I mean? Like I have to, to tell people how much I think I'm worth, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to get people like, well, I'll give you this much. And I'm like, why? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> well, then that's where, that's where you need to embrace the... Um, petty bitch? No, not petty bitch, but the price is the price. And just because you can't afford it doesn't mean it's too expensive. It means it's not within your budget. Yeah. So, it's... Uh, okay, there's this another friend who will go unmentioned <laughs> who I said, oh, I have to do like some... Um, I have to do some test prints and they're going to be expensive, but I can't really sell the test prints because they're just test prints. And she's like, give them to me. And I was like, well, why don't you just like buy it? She's like, no, just give me the test prints. And I was like, what? <laughs> you want me to, you want me, cause she wants to hang them up. And I was like, you want me to give you my test print that you know is expensive, but, uh, but you don't well, want to Well, then I'd be like, okay, print. well you can pay for the test prints then. So then it's a, a fair trade. No, but I feel like people, oh, people want like, I get it. I don't. I I too. I mean, I mean, we all love free, but I think it's it's hilarious when people. We all love free. I'm not. I'm not hating it, but I think I'm hating it because it hits me. You know what I mean? I'm like no, but I love free too. No, that's so, why you're I mean, like no. You must be outside of your mind, and you keep it moving. That's it. I know, and that's another thing. Like. I go to Target and that's where like, I was like, how much can I sell this for? I go to Target and like something that's like worth the, something the same size is worth like $300, $400 from Target. Fair. But it's very generic. Like, at, like, um, like what? 25 houses, 35. I mean, hundreds of houses have that same art piece that you're buying from Target. And now I'm here like selling this and, here, and people are going to be like, mm, it's expensive. And I'm like, mm. I have to pay the models. If I sell a print from them, they get a percentage. So I have to compensate by like the printing and the models that for me to cut even, I have to, oh, girl. <laughs> we have to wrap up soon, so. Okay, okay. Oh, I love talk it, talk about what's been inspiring you lately? Like new stuff, 
doesn't have to be art related. Uh, be pop culture, uh, food, like. What's inspired me lately? There's a lot of things, girl. What's been keeping you afloat in this, you know, burning cesspool that we're currently living in? I know. Oh my God. Uh, uh, things that I've seen that motivate me are having a lot of documentaries. Actually, I love documentaries. Uh, yeah, I think that part of the why I started this whole thing was because I saw. I think I told you a docu series about Andrew Warhol. I saw it. I loved it. I think that he was weird, and I love that. <laughs> and I think that you know. I, I I've been seeing a lot of documentaries, even on YouTube, about like painters and how they live their life, and I think that that motivates me it really does in, in an odd way knowing that my life will come to an end at some point and the thing that motivates me is like what do i want to leave behind tell the people where they can find your work uh they can find my work at my website which should be updated soon but if not well the still my work is up there is at antoniomela.com and if not on my social which is esta loca vida I will also include it in the description. Yay, I'm excited. Honestly, I'm excited to hear myself sing. Okay, so on that note, <laughs> thank you, Antonio, for spending this time with me and for sharing with us your process, your inspirations, and what your plans are for your art moving forward. Thank you. I enjoyed being with you, and thank you for having this conversation. It was... It's a, it's, again, I don't have this... Thank you. Thank and we will continue to um, discuss art moving forward as well, because I see yes. things for you. Thank you. We'll talk about that mirror, because I kind of like it. OK. <laughs> OK. Right, well, we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening and spending this time with us. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to get the next episodes as they drop and share it with your fellow artists and friends. Until next time, create, honor your unique voice, and find community among the artists.